So this episode is for sourdough September, right? No. Well, it's too late for National Toasted Marshmallow Day, sadly. Yeah, sadly, because my new fire pit has gone unmarshmallowed, basically. Yeah. And <laughs> National Plum Day is cancelled as the Pershaw Plum Festival has had to be postponed to 2021. Oh, I'm gutted about that one. I really wanted to interview Prunella the Plum. I know, she looks so lovely. And Egbert the Yellow Egg Plum too. I love the word plum. I've just got to say, I love the word plum. Okay. Would you like to elaborate on that? It's just one of those words that's nice to say, isn't it? It's like plum, like nude. I don't know. I just love saying the word plum. Oh, those just are clearly the most identical words ever. But yes, aren't there words that you love to say? Mastication. Be careful there. Let's move on. We need to introduce ourselves. I'm Ian Smith. And I'm Amanda Denals Bewley. And this, and this is... is Day's podcast. Well, Ian, it's actually International Bacon Day today. Ah, a personal favourite. Yes, because we all love a bacon bap, or whatever it is we're going to call it, bap, (laughs) cob, roll, whatever. Friend of our podcast, Mary Wallace, who does Home Ground, actually did a survey in, I think it was their first episode, of what people call a small round bit of bread. Really? And she had some uh, a range of results, although the question was concentrated towards people in Kendall. But we can include a link to that episode. Yes. It's a very important topic, clearly. I think it is. And it is a, a source of constant debate in our house. My husband's from Derbyshire and I'm from Staffordshire. And one of us, I can't remember which, calls it a BAP. And the other person in that scenario thinks BAPs are something else. So, Yeah. A bap, a cob, a roll, all of the above. Well, maybe it's because I'm a Londoner that I call it a roll. A roll, that's a thing that you put your sausages in to make a hot dog. We've had this discussion before. I think we're about to disappear into a rabbit hole which has very little to do with bacon. (laughs) I know, and we live in Yorkshire and they call it something completely different here. I think we're just illustrating (laughs) the diversity of thought that exists across the United Kingdom about what you call the small round bit of bread that you put a burger in. Well, people can email us and tell us what we should be calling it, or they could uh, comment on our social medias. Yes, they should comment on our social media. They should do, shouldn't So they? that we can have some comments on our social media. Other than our mums. <laughs> <laughs> I think even they've given up recently. So, oh, gosh. So who is in our green room today? It's Farmer Jan again. Hooray! Well, I just hope that the green room's bacon sarnies are up to her high standards. Well, I think it's time to invite her out of there so that we can talk to her. That is the price of being allowed into our green room in the first place. Yes, you have to talk to us. Sorry, not sorry. I'm delighted she's come back again, to be perfectly honest. Right, shall we open the door of the green room? I think we better had. Needs some oil, doesn't it? Or WD forty. Pshht, pshht. Oh well, now you're going to Star Trek with your opening doors. All right, I I can't. My fragile ego can't take the heavy criticism, <laughs> so I'm going to leave the special effects to you in future. 
<laughs> I just realised that was you spraying on the WD-40, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Okay. Well, well done. Bit belated, but, you know, well done. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> however creaky or not creaky the door to the green room is, shall we just invite Jan into the studio to talk about all things bacon? Let's do that. So, for International Bacon Day, we are delighted to welcome back Farmer Jan. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I hope things are going well since the uh, many, many weeks ago sausages conversation that we had. Yes, absolutely fine, thank you. Brilliant. Okay, so, bacon. What do we need to know about bacon? That's that's basically the big question, isn't it? And what it? do we need to know about your award-winning bacon? Because it is award-winning bacon, isn't it? It is award-winning bacon. We were triumphant at the 2019 uh, Winter Fair in, in Stafford with um, against other butchers. Well, butchers, more the point, because we're farmers. We're farmer producers. And uh, David, the bacon master of Muckleton Meats, won against all other comers in the bacon competition. That's a brilliant job title. <laughs> I'm just wondering what I could do in my life to be known as the bacon master. I don't think you could be called that just for eating it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not sure that works. If you could, I think I'd be in with a shot. That'd be bacon eater. That's not the same thing. It's not going to work. No. So, Jan, last time we were talking, you told us about your Jersey cows, and I know that, like, David sort of had these beautiful, beautiful Jersey cows. When did he convert to sort of looking after pigs and having pigs on the farm? Well, we've had pigs for years and years, but previously um, we just really raised them and then um, obviously taken them for slaughter and then our local butcher had cut them up for us and made sausages for us. But when we moved to Shropshire, we uh, spotted, well, David been on a far farming forum which is a mind-boggling thought <laughs> of all those farmers on a farming forum but they are it's very successful um and he saw a business to sale um doing that basically making sausages and bacon and selling it at farmers markets so we bought the name and the equipment and uh, the gentleman that we bought it from taught him all he knew Ooh. and he's gone on from strength to strength from there really and won prizes. Absolutely, yes. With your pigs on the farm, do you do the sort of the whole process from sort of when they're when they're born and they grow up and then arrive at sausages? <laughs> arrive at sausages. Yeah. The world's worst <laughs> euphemism. It's certainly a popular one. Um, we do everything bar slaughter. So uh, we, we take them to our local um, abattoir, a little family run one. I'm not too far away for, for that. And then they come back. So David takes them first thing on a Monday morning. Um, they come back suitably subdued on a Tuesday afternoon in a, in a fridge van. And then, yeah, that's where the, the hard work, the hard work really has already been done by that point from the birth to adulthood mm. bit. Um, but yeah, so we then cut them up and uh, cure the bacon and, and make the, the rest of it into sausages. So curing is interesting. I'm a consumer of bacon, right. I have to admit. Good. But I realise that while I've heard of curing bacon, I don't really know what it is. What, what actually happens? Well, there's different methods of curing, just to confuse you even further. So you've got dry cure, you've got wet cure. You also have the, the sort of 
I'm going to say this, foreign methods, um, oh, whereby shocking. they're air drying. I know, I know. Does that use an air dryer? <laughs> no, no. Sorry. Air with a, without dropping the H. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it tends to be done in, in caves in the Alps, etc. In this country, it tends to be wet or dry cure, but there's all sorts of different bits with the dry cure because what you have to bear in mind is that we start off with the pork and then when you get it, it will have lost a lot of moisture. Now that's weight. And if you're selling by weight, that's money. So mm. people do different methods of dry cure. Sometimes they will do it um, in a vacuum pack, which means that the moisture can't escape. Mm. So it's dry cure, but it's actually sat in, in its own liquid. Uh, our method is, is to not do that. Um, we rub the dry cure onto the meat and, and making sure that it's all carefully covered over, you know, fully covered, none of it missed. Is the dry cure like some spices or something like that? Or what is it? It's, well, obviously, I can't tell you exactly what we Ooh. use because I'd have to kill you. But <laughs> I'm, I'm used to it by now. <laughs> Essentially, it's salt, saltpeter. Um, we do a sweet dry cure so that there's some dark brown sugar in there. And then um, we, we also put other, other things. So in. What um, are, you, are you just saying that basically you could either use that to cure bacon or to make gunpowder? Gunpowder is made of saltpeter, isn't it? Is it? Oh, yeah. didn't know that. I, I may have said too much. I, yes. <laughs> I don't even know what saltpeter <laughs> is, so. I don't know really what it is, except that they make gunpowder well, that, out of it. That's the nitrate. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, that's the nitrate bit. So, yeah, so you, you're rubbing this on because essentially what you want to do is draw the moisture out of the meat. That's your, your, your oh, dry okay. cure element of it. So when it's finished dry curing and David carefully measures each loin and each belly to make sure that it's in for the correct length of time, because mm. you don't want to overcure, you don't want to undercure. You don't want it to be, if it's overcured, it'll be too salty. Um, so yeah, if it's undercured, it won't be bacon. Minor detail. <laughs> so after he's, 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 phone's gone off and told him he's got to go and get bacon out he goes into the cold store brings it out he rinses off the cure and then hangs it up again to dry so we've removed as much nitrate as we possibly can and then it's going to dry again so again it's going to shrink but it will give you the better bacon so because you know some supermarket bacon you pop it in your pan and you get a load of white throppy stuff yes this ringing bell yeah. yeah Yeah, that's the liquid. So that's not properly dry cured. Mm. If you dry cure properly, you don't get that. And also with some of the other less well cured bacons, they'll shrink beyond all recognition as well. So you 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 put your bacon in, your pan's full, and then five minutes later, there's only half full because it's all shrunk. Well, again, that's because it's plumped up with the, the water. And once the water comes out, the actual meat shrinks and then so cuts of bacon back bacon streaky bacon like what's what's middle bacon is another thing yeah so essentially um you've got your loin um so the loin itself which is sort of like the bit that would be your pork chop if it wasn't cured that's your back bacon okay so if you're looking at your pig that's the top bit and then it comes down and it goes underneath and that's your belly 
middle bacon is the whole thing. We don't make middle bacon because we believe that the accuracy of the curing won't work because your loin is much deeper than your belly. So therefore, your belly would either be in too long or your loin wouldn't be in long enough. So we divide the two and do bellies and loins. So i.e. back bacon and streaky. Smoked or unsmoked? In my personal opinion, smoked bacon is the work of the devil. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, Pro- honestly, don't hold back. Just say what you really think. <laughs> well, I'm normally yeah, totally on the fence on everything, but it goes along with unsalted butter. It shouldn't happen. <laughs> what is so bad about it? <laughs> well, personally, I think if you've got decent, good quality bacon, it's got plenty of flavour. Why would you add another flavour to mask that? And it's strong, isn't it? It is strong. And it's, I don't know. I mean, perhaps I've just had a bad experience of smoked bacon, but it's a bit artificial to me. I mean, I'm sure there's brilliant bacon out there, which isn't like that. But no, no. I mean, we we have considered putting up a smokery, but it is another process, isn't it? We are Mm. trying to work, move away from processes on our food. Tell us a little bit about the award, because I know that David has won some awards for his bacon. Yes. Well, David enters, had entered now um, three years. He's entered the bacon competition at the Prime Stock Show, um, as it used to be called, I think English Winter Fair, we now call it. There's two, there's a Welsh one and there's an English one. Mm. Um, and so that's held in the Midlands at Stafford. And he, the first time we entered two not matching packets, which was a terrible faux pas. I don't know what we were thinking. Didn't oh, know. Well. Yeah. Hang your head in shame. Didn't tell us in the instructions. Oh, we did. We truly did. Um, oh the next time he yet got his gold award for that one. And then last year in 2019, he won overall bacon. So that was a, a it was a moment of great pride. Yes, I bet it was. He did very narrowly miss out on getting the overall champion for the comp- for the whole sort of day. Um, but yeah, but he was against a very beautiful hand-raised pie, um, which I have to say was a thing of beauty. It was glazed and, and looked fantastic. And the judge said to me, he said it, it was between these two. But in the end, he said, we gave it to the pie because you could see the amount of workmanship that had gone into it. And I said, but yes, but in our packet of bacon, what you can't see is the fact that the bacon master himself has raised the pig from piglet to the, all the way through and looked after it through its entire life. And that's an awful lot of work. And he said, well, that's fair, but we couldn't see that. That's such a shame because it is such a lot of work. It's such a lot of dedication. It is. It is. When you've got to get up in the middle of the night to go and make sure that, you know, that they're having their babies okay. I mean, we're, we're very small. We've only got 55 sows and a boar. But yeah it's still a lot of work because we have piglets mm. born every few months and yeah it's it's a lot and it's quite stressful as well because they do tend to lie on them occasionally which is very upsetting for us and the and the sows well i feel sure that i'll be on your website later ordering sausages <laughs> and bacon that's what happened with the chocolate episode so i'm fairly sure it's going to happen this time as well you did <laughs> you did order some didn't you it's very good i've had i've had john's bacon and sausages and I can recommend them. 
definitely. Um, so, like, we're recording in the morning. We're both at now absolutely starving after talking about these uh, this this bacon, bacon sandwich, bacon in a fryer. What's the best way to eat bacon? Oh, I, I think it, it it basically covers all sorts of eventualities, doesn't it? It's it's good for a quick snack in Asani. But equally, Sunday morning, we do sit down to the full cooked breakfast. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, which you know, includes the black pudding, the sausages, the bacon, the mushrooms, yeah, fried tomato, fried bread. It, it's it's got to happen, really, hasn't it? And we, we sit there and David will say, I hope all our other customers, are, all our customers are enjoying their breakfast as much as I am. Well, I've just gone away to happy breakfast land inside my head. I'm just trying to drag myself back to reality. So, Jan, how should we cook our bacon? Now, this is a, a question that I get asked a lot, and I do lead my customers through this stage by stage, so I'll, I'll do this for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> my pleasure. Our bacon um, invariably has rind on it. Um, because our pigs don't get over fat and therefore we, we can leave the rind on. Sometimes in the supermarket they'll cut the rind off because you know, otherwise it might display just how much fat that was on them. So cut your rind off, put that into a hot dry pan. That will start to cook. The reason for this is because your rind will take longer to cook than the rasher. So you give that a good, well, however long it takes for it to start curling up and cooking so it'll release fat you can then lay your rashers into the fat this is podcast gold <laughs> so by the time your rashers are cooked your rind will have curled and gone crisp and, and hopefully bubbled a little bit as well um, actually cooking them on something like a, a george foreman it also has this effect is very good and then of course you will have enough fat there then to to cook your eggs in um, or you can go for the method of dropping your fried bread into it to absorb the bacon fat. Now, personally, I don't finish the fried bread in the pan. I've already got my sausages cooking in the oven in a roasting tin with a rack. So they're carefully spaced out. They're already in there. They've been in there since you know, I started cooking. As the fried bread gets the, enough fat on it just to, to cover each side, I then pop it onto that tray in the oven. That way, you're not absorbing too much fat. So it's like a, a sort of healthier option. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at this, you know, for clutching at straws here for a yes, healthier option. Yes. <laughs> so obviously the art is to, of a cooked breakfast is to get everything to be ready at the same time. So that, that, yeah, that is important. Particularly, you know, getting the tea brewed. That, that's equally important. So you've got your sausages cooked in the oven first. Your bacon rind in Japan first. Your eggs are the last thing you do, so that they come out, you know, over easy as we like them. And your fried bread will be crisp and in the oven as well. I also cook, you know, the big field mushrooms in butter. Um, so they're in a pan on the top. Mm. And then you sit down with your cup of tea and get stuck in. Oh, it's very English. That's just amazing. And the thing that I hadn't really appreciated is the way that, we sort of started out from how should you cook the bacon and it became apparent that you've kind of interwoven the cooking of the bacon with all the other ingredients and to take that kind of bacony flavour and just impart it at least slightly into many other things 
there's a certain artistry to that, isn't there? There is. I mean, to be honest with you, you know, my mother, God rest her soul, would ne- should never hear this, but my dad taught me <laughs> how to cook a cook <laughs> breakfast because it's really important that you use the fat that's in the ingredients. Mm. So, yeah, the, the bacon is completely, I mean, bacon used to be a lot fatter than it is now, so you get a lot more fat. So sometimes now I, I do have to add some vegetable oil to cook the eggs in because I've used up that fat into the fried bread. It's the thing about it being a complete meal. Um, we used to cook it in just in one pan, but as I say, I, I've turned the fried bread into a healthier option now. Yes, yes. I love a good English breakfast. Actually, when I'm in my little camper van, out in the, you know, in the outside camping sort of scenario, the, a really big fry up, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, you can just use the one pan. I mean, for us, Sundays, we, we have the full English breakfast and then we have a roast dinner at about seven or eight o'clock at night. It means that because Sunday is our day for getting stuff done, because obviously the rest of the week we're, we're busy with yeah. you know, making things. So it means that I've only got to cook two meals on a Sunday. And in the middle of the day, we can be off fencing and, and doing other farmy type things like farmers do. <laughs> Not fencing with like um, rapiers. rapiers. It's no two shade turtle away, no. <laughs> it involves you hold it, I'll hit it. <laughs> oh my goodness, not, that, that sounds very dangerous. You hold the pose, yes. You nod your head and I'll hit it. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Jan, for coming in and chatting us through sort of bacon. Yes, and I have to congratulate you on coming back twice to our podcast. I, I mean, you'd think you'd have learned after the first one, but, but here you are. So thank you very much. I think that's called glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, possibly. Any any future guests who are listening, don't worry. It's just a joke, honest. <laughs> We're always very nice to our guests. Yes, always. And also, I feel that like my campaign for the Knickerbocker glory... I think Jan and I like we'll be talking ice cream soon. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's mm. got it's got to happen. It's got to happen. Oh. Although, where where do you, where do you sit on the cherry at the bottom though? I don't sit on the cherry at the bottom. No, ever. no, it just makes I, a nasty mess. No, it's got to be raspberries <laughs> and strawberries. Well, thanks again to Farmer Jam for joining us. Our luxurious green room strategy is obviously working if we can get people to come on twice. Or we could just record two episodes in one go so they don't need to. Uh, excuse me, can you not give away our podcast recording secrets, please? Oops, sorry. Anyway, we shall be back soon with a peachy new episode and it's going to be huge. Was that intended as a clue? Oh, it could be. Fantastic. I'm sure that our listeners will be completely foxed by it. The best way not to miss out on our next and future episodes is to visit our website at daysepodcast.com. From there, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and others and find links to our social feeds. You may have noticed that we never get tired of asking you to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook, but it's pretty tiring trying to find a new way of doing it each time so that you don't get bored of it. Anyway, please do it. Pretty please. Yes, and not to labour the point, please rate us in your podcast app and tell people about us, whether that's your friends, family, colleagues or anyone you see eating a bacon sandwich. You can do it. Yes, you can. Please tell them all about us and the unsmoked but aromatic and exquisitely scrumptious day's podcast. Thanks for listening and bye Bye for for now. now.
My life is a performance. 